Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark and we are here together exploring the highways and byways of jazz recorded history. Today we're going to be focusing on a couple of recording dates led by a trombone player. Uh, not a well-remembered one, but one who was enormously influential uh, in the 1920s. A fellow named Manfred Miff Mole. Miff Mole was a, uh, a white player who was born in Long Island in 1898, and he early on got some extensive musical training. He was uh, uh, a virtuoso on the trombone at the time. He played piano as well, very well-educated musically. Later in life, he played for the NBC Symphony as well as for the Paul Whiteman Band. But during the 1920s, he was a, a key member of the uh, musicians who were active in, around the person of Red Nichols, the great cornet player and uh, band leader and uh, uh, organizer, I guess you'd have to say. They made quite a few recordings together, hundreds in fact, uh, under Red Nichols' name, under Miff Mole's name, and under the name of many other band leaders. They uh, were kind of a, a partnership, and uh, they worked out many interesting ideas of jazz playing at the time. Miff Mole was considered to be really the first jazz trombone player. He was making recordings by the early 19th 20s and had advanced the style considerably beyond the tailgate uh, playing of people like Kid Ory and George Brunis from New Orleans. And he's maintained his, his position as the premier jazz trombone player through most of the 1920s until uh, the latter part of the decade when Jack Teagarden and Jimmy Harrison, among others, started uh, taking over and bringing a more blues-based sensibility to the music. We're going to be hearing a couple of uh, dates that he recorded with a band that he was leading at Nick's, a jazz club in Greenwich Village uh, from the late 1930s up until the middle 1940s. We've heard some tunes that Miff Mole had uh, recorded from that period on an earlier podcast, uh, the Manhattan Sessions, that were uh, a loosely grouped set of recordings that were led by Miff Mole, Pee Wee Russell, and Muggsy Spanier. And the three of them were the key members of uh, Nick's uh, house band in the middle 1940s, 1944 or so. Uh, this is, I guess, a slightly earlier version of the band, uh, and it features uh, Miff Mole and his Nixieland band. And this was a, a working group that had evolved some pretty complicated arrangements, some very well-organized things, especially when you consider a Dixieland band at the time was usually not too well-organized. And we're going to hear, in a couple of cases, two different versions of uh, these tunes. They are interesting uh, in and of themselves, but to have alternate versions with a slightly different personnel is quite interesting as well. The first session we're going to hear uh, was done for Commodore Records, and these were produced by a fellow named Milt Gabler, and he uh, founded Commodore Records in 1938. He uh, and his family owned the Commodore Records shop, which brought out uh, recordings of early jazz. That was their interest at the time, and Commodore Records began recording groups led by Eddie Condon in the Chicago jazz style from about 10 years before, but kind of updated to the swing era. And then Gabler went on to start making records by people like Billie Holiday and Eddie Haywood, Lester Young, uh, Buck Clayton, some of the more... Um, uh, advanced, I guess you'd have to say, swing musicians of the time. By the early 1940s, he had had so much success that he was hired by Decca Records, one of the big recording companies of the time, to produce records for them. And he did throughout the balance of the 1940s. He did uh, recordings by Billie Holiday and Louis Jordan and uh, Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong even, some pop recordings. Uh, by 1943, Decca had bought the recording company known as World Transcriptions. This transcription service uh, had 
had been in business since the early 1930s, producing recordings uh, for lease or sale to radio stations. And this was after radio stations had moved beyond the idea of having live music. Uh, they were using canned music, and they would buy these recordings and put them in various spots in their programming day to fill in dead air or as backgrounds or as uh, standalone programs for that matter. And there were quite a few jazz bands and big bands that recorded during this time, sometimes with um, or under pseudonyms. Uh, World was just one of the companies, Associated, Standard, uh, Thesaurus, all of these companies were, were in, the, in the business of marketing music to radio stations. But as I said, by 1943, Decca had bought world transcriptions and started issuing recordings that Milt Gabler was producing. And he would bring in bands that he had already recorded on Commodore, uh, sometimes only a week or so beforehand, and basically repeat the same session with sometimes the same tunes and the same personnel, and then issue them on world records. I guess that was efficient because they were already rehearsed. We're going to hear Miff Mole and his Nixieland band, a slightly different band recording for uh, world transcriptions than the one that did Commodore but very similar in approach. In this particular case, the first session will be done for World, and then about a month and a half later, the band will be more or less reunited in the Commodore Studios. So we're going to start with the Commodore recordings. This was done on April 28th of 1944. The first two records were released on 12-inch disc, which allowed for a longer playing time, four minutes plus. And the second two are on the standard 10-inch disc, which was about three to three and a half minutes. We're going to hear those first two tunes, St. Louis Blues and Pegamon. My Heart. Peg of My Heart was a feature, ballad feature for the leader, Miff Mole. Then we're going to hear the Beale Street Blues and a ballad feature for the trumpet player, Bobby Hackett. I must have that man. And the band, in this case, is Bobby Hackett on trumpet, Miff Mole on trombone, Pee Wee Russell on clarinet, Ernie Kacheris on baritone sax, Gene Schreider on piano, Eddie Condon on guitar, Bob Casey on bass, and Joe Grasso on drums. And that was a pretty standard house rhythm section at Nick's. Uh, we can hear them on many Commodore and those Manhattan recordings as well. Well, um, I believe it was the same front line as well that was at Nick's. I'm not sure if Ernie Kazaris was a, a regular member or just added for the recording date. He was on some of those Manhattan dates, and he recorded with Muggsy Spanier as well. So that will be our first set. Miff Mole and his Nixieland band recording for Commodore, April 28th of 1944. St. Louis Blues, Peg of My Heart, Beale Street Blues, and I must have that man. <laughs> Thank you. 
some very highly professional but very interesting and good playing in the traditional jazz or Dixieland vein. These were all musicians who had been active in the 1920s, at least towards the late 1920s, uh, and who were specializing in this particular type of jazz. Most of them had played in big bands at one point or another. Uh, Bobby Hackett, of course, had played with Glenn Miller's band and some other ones. He briefly had his own big band, but he was much more comfortable and happy playing in small groups, as was Pee Wee Russell on clarinet. Ernie Cazares had played with, uh, at this by this point, with Jack Teagarden's big band and with Glenn Miller's band as well. Uh, he was a studio musician, but he was very adept in this style, and he was a magnificent baritone sax player, and his solo on Beale Street Blues is especially fine, I think you'd have to say. And then the rhythm section, Gene Schreider on piano, uh, Joe Grasso on drums, uh, Bob Casey on bass, and Eddie Condon on uh, guitar, all backing up Miff Mole and his Nixieland band. We heard the St. Louis Blues with a good arrangement with some good background figures, Peg of My Heart, a nice little uh, road map there with uh, some double time playing. That was some great Miff Mole, by the way. Beale Street Blues, as I mentioned, outstanding Ernie Cazares, and uh, the beautiful ballad performance of I Must Have That Man by Bobby Hackett, also with some wonderful Pee Wee Russell clarinet as it is all the way through. So now we're going to go to roughly the same band recording a month and a half earlier for World Transcriptions. The Knicks uh, bands tended to flowed a little bit in terms of personnel, especially the trumpet player. People said that they had four or five trumpet players on call and it was whoever was sober enough to do the gig would uh, would play at any given time. On this particular session, we have Sterling Bowes from New Orleans, who uh, we've done a podcast on before. He was a very good straight-ahead jazz player. He played with Bob Zerke's band, briefly with the Bobcats and Bob Crosby's band, also with Tommy Dorsey and with Benny Goodman's band. He was uh, considered a very hot trumpet player in the day. And uh, here he's getting towards the end of his life. He uh, had made another session for Black and White with Rod Kless, and uh, alcoholism, unfortunately, cost him quite a bit. Uh, we're also going to have, again, Pee Wee Russell on clarinet, Miff Mole on trombone. Uh, in the rhythm section, it's basically the same rhythm section. Schroeder, or Schreider as he pronounced it, I believe, Eddie Condon, Bob Casey, and Joe Grasso. And as I said, this was from March 8th of 1944. This was a fairly long session, although many of the tunes were quite brief, uh, two minutes or less. I'm not sure why. I guess they were trying to answer some sort of a need that World Transcriptions had for shorter Dixieland performances, but uh, good solos interspersed nonetheless. I'm going to start out with I Would Do Anything For You. Uh, it was theme song for Claude Hopkins Big Band. Uh, Claude Hopkins wrote it along with Alex Hill. Then we're going to hear uh, the uh, the great anthem of the knees, I guess, by Spencer Williams. Uh, I ain't going to give nobody none of my jelly roll. Uh, good New Orleans style tune. Then we're going to hear a, 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 a revisit of the Beale Street Blues, another version of that same arrangement, this time without the baritone sax and without Bobby Hackett. So same backgrounds, interesting things happening there. It's, it's uh, The backgrounds, I, I would have guessed, were written by Bobby Hackett. He was particularly good at doing that sort of thing. But this uh, earlier recording session didn't have him, so I don't know, maybe Miff Mole did it. We also are going to hear a uh, kind of a quick version of the Shapiro, Campbell, and Connolly tune, 
If I Had You, with some very nice peewee playing. And then we're going to end up with a short performance of the Barnyard Blues, which is a retitling of the Livery Stable Blues, the first tune recorded, or released rather, by the original Dixieland Jazz Band in 1917. The original Dixieland Jazz Band also had a series of recordings on world transcriptions we're going to hit a little bit later with a, an updated personnel. So that's the first part of the world transcription sessions, uh, Miff Mole and his Nixieland Band. I would do anything for you. I ain't going to give nobody none of my jelly roll the beale street blues if i had you and the barnyard blues Thank <laughs> you. 
So you can see those tunes were considerably shorter than the Commodore versions. We even had a Lucky Strike Extra in there, one I forgot to announce. We started out with I Would Do Anything For You, and then followed by Ain't Gonna Give Nobody None of My Jelly Roll. The Beale Street Blues, If I Had You, then we slipped in At Sundown. Great uh, tune that was recorded uh, several times around that uh, certain period by the same uh, band, essentially, Walter Donaldson tune, and ended up with a very short version of the Livery Stable Blues, here called the Barnyard Blues. And again, that was known as Nixielanders, with uh, Sterling Bowes on trumpet, and Cornette actually playing a very... Uh, forthright and declamatory lead. He was a good player in that style. Miff Mole on trombone, Pee Wee Russell on clarinet, Gene Schreider on piano, Eddie Condon on guitar, Bob Casey on bass, and Joe Grasso on drums. And we're going to finish off that session, very long session apparently for World Transcriptions, with the next uh, set. We're going to hear four tunes to finish this up. We're going to hear Ball in the Jack, At the Jazz Band Ball, Peg of My Heart, another version of the same arrangement that we heard for Commodore, and a particular Miff Mole feature, ending up with How Come You Do Me Like You Do. He had recorded this in the 1920s, and he had evolved a solo on that that was fairly set, uh, kind of a set piece, in fact, and uh, we'll hear him recreate that here in 1943. Again, this was, um, or 1944, rather. This was done in March of 1944 for the World Transcription Service, March 8th of 1944, just about six weeks before the Commodore session. So, again, this is Miff Mole and his Nixielanders, Ball in the Jack at the Jazz Band Ball, Peg of My Heart, and How Come You Do Me Like You Do.
So that was Miff Mole and his Nixielanders. And uh, as I said, Miff Mole led some Dixieland bands through the 1940s. He actually lived in Chicago for a number of years from the late 40s into the mid-50s. recorded with some other groups, but alcoholism and ill health started taking a toll on him, and his last years were not pleasant ones, we're told. He died in about 1961 uh, after a... Uh, a failed attempt to uh, come back at the Newport Jazz Festival. That's a sad story in itself. So we just heard probably the last really good period of his career leading this band <clears throat> that was a regular group at Nick's uh, restaurant in the village in 1944. And we just finished up with Ball in the Jack at the Jazz Band Ball, lovely version of Peg of My Heart, and How Come You Do Me Like You Do, good valedictory for Milt, or for Miff Mole, rather. Miff Mole on trombone, Sterling Bowes on trumpet, Pee Wee Russell on clarinet, Gene Schreider on piano, Eddie Condon on guitar, Bob Casey on bass, and Joe Grasso on drums. Really classic lineup from this period doing uh, Dixieland from the Village, I guess you'd have to say. Very well represented on record, but all of it done very professionally and very well. So, hope you've enjoyed this program. This is the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and we are doing all sorts of different things here these days. We have about 320, 330 uh, podcasts in the can right now, and we invite you to take a look at some of our, our, our past efforts if you haven't done so already. Hope you're making a regular point of coming to visit us here at the Jazz Focus, and if you'd like to support us and become a member of the family, we would love that. And uh, hit that little button on your browser, be a sustaining member, or just a one time gift giver and I'd uh, love to hear from you as well what you might think of some upcoming programs and so forth so until then I'll see you on the other side